1: With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The most popular tech Christmas gift this year was the Oculus VR app from Facebook's parent company, Meta, helping us get a close-up look at it. Shelly Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group based in New York. You can check out his Innovation Summit website, ces.shellypalmer.com. Shelly, help us to understand the Oculus VR app. What is it for for people who are not yet familiar with it?
2: Well, it's the app that goes with the Oculus Quest 2 headset, which is a virtual reality headset, Cisco. It's super fun. I think everyone's seen these headsets you put on, and you are now in a virtual world where you can either watch movies or you can uh, <clears throat> build castles and worlds. You can play, bang them up, shoot em ups. It's, it's a complete world of virtual reality, or called VR. And the Quest 2 headset, um, which is from Oculus, owned by Meta, the company formerly known as Facebook. Uh, has been selling like hotcakes this year. And the way we know this, they don't give sales numbers, but the app that powers the headset uh, is the number one app in the app store. So you know that's going to be a uh, a pretty decent indicator that this has been a very, very popular Christmas gift.
1: And it, it's really taking uh, not only gaming but virtual living to a whole new level, right? I mean, you, you put uh, you put all this together, and it it really feels like you're in this other world.
2: So, they call it the Metaverse. As you know, Facebook renamed itself to Meta because it wants to get into these virtual worlds. It's got some competition, NVIDIA, AMD, Roblox, a very popular Metaverse game. They went public back in March. Their uh, market value is up around $40 billion right now. So, this idea of the Metaverse, this idea of cartoon characters in a cartoon world, which is what it is now, will give way, ultimately, to um, different evolutions. We'll see Uh, augmented reality where we're just augmenting the world we live in. And then we'll see full virtual reality like you do with Quest 2 headsets where you're literally in virtual worlds with virtual real estate, virtual uh, stores, virtual merchandise. Uh, These are very robust systems right now. They're getting bigger every day, but it's unclear how long it lasts and what it turns into. But this is – a very exciting time for all things meta, including the metaverse.
1: So for people who think this is just about gaming, you know, where it's just sort of the next level of gaming, uh, help them to understand it's it's more than that, right?
2: It can be more than that. The question is how it will evolve. Now it is mostly about gaming, but very soon we could be in a situation where the internet itself is transformed into a metaverse. And what that means is that you might have control of your own data, completely uh, controlling your own data, and be able to go from place to place, logged in only once where, and that's really the difference between metaverse and where we are right now in, in its most basic sense, where you are an entity, the metaverse goes on 24 hours a day, whether you're there or not, like the real internet does. And so if you were just constantly logged in and being able to access data wherever you were, streaming data, wherever you were, be it augmenting your reality, or you can put on a pair of headsets and be in a virtual reality, that's what people think this is going to evolve into. Of course, no one really knows, but it's clear that people are excited about it. And if this Christmas is any indication, the equipment to get the data that Facebook or now Meta needs, that Roblox needs, that some of the metaverse companies need is going to be gathered because As you use these VR headsets, the companies are gathering data as to how you're using them and what you're liking to do. So it could uh, expand into our business world and into our leisure world in a much greater way. We'll see.
1: And Facebook must think it's a big deal considering they changed the name of the company. They really think it's a big deal. Mark
2: Zuckerberg is convinced that this is the future for uh, his company, and that the metaverse is going to be the thing. They also know it's 10 years out. We're going to talk about this. I Thank you for mentioning com. We're going to talk about this, at our Innovation Series Summit on January 5th at 11 a.m. Eastern. We've got uh, Stephanie Latham from Meta, and she talks all about Meta's vision for the metaverse and the future, and Mark Zuckerberg's vision. So I hope you'll join us on January in San Francisco. It's going to be a real fun. It'll it'll stay online afterwards. You'll be able to find it at shellypalmer.com/live, and you can sign up for it at ces.shellypalmer.com. So yeah,
1: please do that. Really interesting because I mean, as you mentioned, this is where everything's going, and it's going to be much much bigger than gaming. Thank you. That's Shelly Palmer. Just ahead, we'll look at why this is the best time to ask for a raise. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Trying to determine when it's best to ask for a raise can be tricky. Economists say now is the right time. Let's understand why. Rick Cobb is here, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern here in
0: Chicago. Rick, why is this a great time to ask for a raise? Well, I I guess I'm not an economist because I'm not sure it is. And the reason I say that is, some things you need to think about first. Uh, One of them is, is your company, whether it's big or small, do they operate on a calendar fiscal year? So many do, which means this is the end of the year and most businesses are thinking about what the next year is going to be like. As a matter of fact, they've been thinking about that for several months. So a lot of their decisions now are kind of baked in. If you haven't been sort of previewing the idea that you'd like a raise, it's going to be a little bit more problematic. That's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, how is the company specifically, what's its financial health? Is it doing well? Is it doing tremendously well? Is it struggling to survive? That's going to change the reaction to a request for straight raise in salary. And then I think the, the last thing to think, well, a couple more things. One more thing to think about is, do you have, does the company organization have any really big pending projects or or struggles, supply chain issues, uh, new merger, whatever that are going to really take the attention of your boss away from anything other than that. They're not going to be able to focus. And so, typically, when people are uh, overwhelmed, no decision becomes the decision. Okay, now we've done all that. And so, you, you look at your own situation, you say, I think I deserve a raise. I'd like to get a raise. What's the best way to do that? I think then again, you have to think about go in with some ammunition or some information. What is the going market for your role? That's not that hard to find out. You can go to the BLS data is out there. Um, What has the company done in the past? Have they given other people at your peer level a raise? They're far more likely to give you a raise if you're below the average for everybody else, both because of the sense of equity and also because of the the fear of litigation or losing you. So those are the things about asking for money. Now, when you ask for money, you're really trying to make it a win-win whenever possible. So when you're talking to your boss, it's about what do they want and what can you add value? Um, So I think you have to time it and understand your market before you go in. And and I'm more excited about the idea of thinking about your career and what you want or don't want. Uh, Maybe, Hey, this thing I've been doing for the last 10 years, I really don't like doing that part of the job. Maybe I can offload that. And in the course, ask for a, um, an opportunity to consider some other tasks or some other roles or a promotion. And then that becomes kind of a, a Trojan horse where after you've done that and been successful, you could come back and say, hey, I've been working at this new role and I think it's going really well. How about some feedback? And if the feedback's good, say, well, it really commensurate. The the, ty- the salary should be higher, don't you think? And, and approach it that way.
1: Always good advice from Rick Cobb, founder of 2DISCERN here in Chicago. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets doing pretty well on this Monday. The Dow up 248 points. The NASDAQ is up 190, and the S&P is up 53 points. Let's find out what's going on. Vahan Janjigian is here, Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management. Vahan, always good to have you on the show. What do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today?
3: Hi, Cisco. Well, um, you know, we're having a rally. Um, it's not unusual to see a rally toward the end of the year. Um, we typically see strength in the stock market um, like at the very end of December and going into uh, early January because uh, this is, you know, around the time where most of the tax loss selling is uh, is winding up. So there were a lot of investors who wanted to sell stocks to recognize uh, losses before the end of the year. Most of that is done. So as a result, there are probably more buyers in the market than sellers. But, you know, also a lot of professionals are on vacation this week. So I wouldn't put a lot of weight on um, on the rally uh, that we're seeing today because it doesn't really mean much.
1: So not really something that investors should uh, you know be paying attention to, like, hey, hey, there's deals out there. Let me go and grab them. It is just a little temporary bump.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, of course, it's always nice to see the stock market go up, but I wouldn't uh, take today's rally as a signal that, um, you know, the market is undervalued and likely to go much higher. Uh, I think as we get into next year, uh, we could see, uh, you know, some sell-offs. I would be a little cautious. There are some advisors out there who are still recommending that you get into these large cap uh, tech stocks that, you know, are very well known and have done quite well. But, you know, they've grown so large, there isn't that much room for growth for them. And and I think it, it makes sense to, uh, you know, take some profits in those areas and, um, you know, put the money in some of the undervalued names, uh, especially the, the small cap value uh, sec- sectors of the market. And, um, you know, two sectors actually that have done uh, quite well. So far this year are uh, energy and financials, and I still think that they're undervalued. So I think uh, it makes sense to sell some of the growth stocks and and put money in those areas.
1: And and the, the large cap tech stocks that you're talking about, I mean, for so long, those were so hot. I mean, those were the really fun stocks. Everyone was talking about them. And is that if you're emotional about this, does that make it tougher to say, hey, maybe I need to bail on those for a while?
3: Yeah, you know, so, so even though these stocks are overvalued by, by most measures, that, that doesn't necessarily mean they'll go lower. Um, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, keeps them from going lower is that there are a lot of investors out there who hold these stocks and they're reluctant to sell. Uh, of course, many people own these stocks in taxable accounts. And they're trying to avoid uh, paying taxes on them. So what you might see is as we go into uh, 2022, uh, there might be a, a greater willingness to sell these kinds of stocks because they can postpone the taxes for, for a longer period of time. If they, if they sell – Today, they're going to have to pay their taxes in April, so they might wait till January and put it off for another year.
1: Do you at all encourage people to consider, maybe not your whole portfolio, but, but some sort of defense given the uncertainty of at least the early part of 2022? I mean, you have the Omicron variant now. I mean, we, we don't know what's going to come here.
3: Well, I always encourage people to have a diversified portfolio. So, you know, despite some of the remarks I just made, that doesn't mean that you should get out of these large-cap growth stocks entirely. Uh, They do have a place in your portfolio. I'm just suggesting that you uh, reduce your exposure. But in terms of turning uh, completely defensive – um, you know, I've often found, uh, from my experience, that the, uh, the biggest mistake is getting out of the market. Uh, if you're a long-term investor, you're much better off remaining invested and riding through the ups and downs. Uh, so, yes, you could see the market, uh, you know, uh, sustain a 20% uh, loss all of a sudden, but uh, that shouldn't really bother you if you're investing for the next 10 years.
1: Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The most anticipated cars and trucks for 2022 are electric ones. We welcome CBS Auto reporter Jeff Gilbert to give us a look at how they've gone from being considered nerdy to showing potential for strong appeal. Jeff, uh, always good to have you on here. So, yeah, at first it seemed like a fringe would want the electric automobile. And and it, it seems like it's getting to the point where we're all going to be driving them.
4: Well, you know, it's going to take a while before we get uh, all the way to all of us driving them, but certainly there are more choices. I was talking to an analyst not that long ago who said there were about 20 EV models on the market in uh, 2021, which is a lot. That's going to double in 2022. You take a look at things like the – The Hummer, the GMC Hummer that's just starting to be delivered to customers now. Cadillac has its first EV, the Lucid. There are startups uh, like, I'm sorry, Cadillac is Lyric. There are startups like Lucid and Rivian that have EVs coming as well. And, uh, you know, we've seen ads for it in a lot of football games, the new F-150 Lightning pickup from Ford.
1: So when it comes to uh, electric vehicles when we're talking about that is this like you 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 pull it into the garage and you plug it in completely electric or are we still dealing with hybrid vehicles as a as a transition
4: well, what we're talking about when we talk about electric vehicles are pure electric vehicles, what they call in the industry BEVs, BEVs, battery electric vehicles. You also still have hybrids, and you even have some plug-in hybrids. And it depends on what car company that uh, you're talking to, uh, to, to to see what's coming. GM and Volkswagen say, forget the hybrids, we're going full steam to be all electric. Toyota, on the other hand, has has done a lot of research, a lot of development of the hybrids, and they feel that hybrids
1: still have a big place and will have that big place for many years. Is the uh, electric grid capable of handling this? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking if everyone has these things plugged in, it's going to be a drain, especially overnights when everyone's plugged in.
4: Yeah, and that's a big question that, that's going around. The infrastructure bill that passed recently will have some money to support the grid. Uh, a lot of utilities are working to try to improve their grids, but th- there are issues. You take a look at some of the rolling blackouts in California, and uh, th- these are problems that have to be solved, as well as things like you know having enough rechargers and try to cut the time that it takes to recharge these vehicles. So while EVs have greatly improved over the last couple of years, there there's still a a number of issues that have to be worked out
1: and the fact that this has taken off though i mean it shows initially it was thought that a big chunk of the public would never accept an electric automobile and now it's it's showing that well for the most part people are willing as long as the performance is still there
4: Right, and there have been a number of technological improvements over the last couple of years that have made a difference, and it seems like people on the government side of things have been pushing EVs harder than other solutions, so that's the way the auto industry is going. What, What I tend to say to consumers is if you're a first adopter, if you want something that nobody else has that's really cool and you're willing to live with a few difficulties, then EVs are probably worth a look. If you're somebody who wants everything to be perfect and everything to be as smooth as possible, you're probably not ready for an EV yet because, you know, the conventional internal combustion engine has been pretty well perfected over the last century.
1: Thanks so much, Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday on the Noon Business Hour. Joining us with a pair of investment ideas, Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital. He's also author of the book Calculated Risk. He's based here in Chicago. Michael, always good to have you on the show. What's your first pick?
5: Well, oh, good afternoon, Cisco, and thanks for having me on, on this last week for you, and, and I'm glad to. To wish you well uh, going forward. Um, first pick is Home Depot. Um, it's a, it's a name obviously everybody knows, it, but uh, it might be considered kind of boring for some investors. But I like boring a lot of times. Uh, those are the stocks that appreciate the most. Uh, it's it's got a twenty seven P E, trading about four hundred dollars. I think it's four hundred three up a little bit today, and it's up fifty percent for the year. So why am I picking a stock that's at its all time highs? Well, I think what it shows is. I love in going into the 2022 the same stocks that worked pretty well in in 2021. So you got a lot of names that are near all time highs, and then you got some stocks that have sold off a lot. Well, Home Depot at all time highs for good reason, and the reason is the trend is your friend. This stock is is uh, making it, its money based on on the boom in housing, and that's not going to change. We got interest rates at lows; it's not that's not going to change. And even when lumber prices were ticking up and and really skyrocketing there, the company continued to post record sales so now that lumber's come back down a little bit and you've got a, a huge pipeline of remodeling projects from from the home boom i don't see how this stock doesn't continue to rally and and i think it uh, it has at least a 20 percent upside to, to 500 bucks in store for 2022
1: and it really just reflects the fact that, that home depot is the go-to for people looking at e- even just those little projects around the house
5: yeah, I generally like to go with the quality name in an industry that's doing well, and that's exactly what Home Depot is, um, and I expect it to continue to lead the, the rest and, and, and have a nice nice 2022.
1: All right, Home Depot is the first pick, the ticker symbol HD. What's your second pick?
5: So it's Lamb Research, LRCX, and it's another stock that's at all-time highs. But, again, I, I like the theme of 2022, a continuation of, of the winners from the last year. I think that's going to happen at, for sure the, at least the first six months. So LAM I like because – you know, it basically provides all the semiconductor stocks with, with uh, equipment. And, and so if you want to play the semis, and if you like the story in the semis, I think LAM is a great play because it kind of it does business with pretty much all the chip makers. So basically, instead of just picking one like AMD, which I've, I've, I've uh, suggested in the past, I still like that stock. But I think that LAM is a better play as far as the entire industry goes. So there's no question chip demand is going to continue to re- remain strong you've got everything from ai and virtual reality for the metaverse to, to cloud computing and everything uses chips so that's that's going to continue into 2022 and i think the stock that's poised and the kind of secret stock that a lot of people don't play, you know, they're looking for specific names like NVIDIA. But I think LAM is just a great, great play here to, to, to bet on the entire sector.
1: Well, it's probably, I guess, a piece of wisdom for newer investors, too. That You don't necessarily just look at the main supplier when you're thinking about investing in a certain area, but you also look at the people who make what goes into those products.
5: Right, and, and that's a great case here, Cisco, is that Lamb, Lamb pretty much works with everybody, Intel, all, all the big guys. And, and uh, um, it, it's a great way to play the sector without having to pick a winner or loser, because I think Lamb's going to win no matter what.
1: Thanks so much. Good advice as always. Have a great day. That's Michael Palumbo. He is founder of MJP Capital. His two picks today, Home Depot, ticker symbol HD, and Lamb Research, ticker symbol LRCX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?